The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield being joined today by Scott Verilick with Koime and K-Mig out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Looking at the markets, you know, we have had a lot of optimism out there in the trade, especially last week when the word started coming in that there was some truth to the China buys. But still, it's been a struggle bus for these grains. We're still seeing some lower numbers. And what seems to be the factor? Good exports, but not good prices at this moment. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we we were happy to see the exports and happy to see some new sales come across the unable to really perform. Um, so you just kind of start to dissect what's going on. Um, maybe a touch of a setback uh, rumor with the China talks. As uh, yeah, there's been a little bit of a uh, I guess some treaty that even was from Obama's era that uh, may have kind of been. Um, went against i guess so it might you know stir some sanctions up that we're going to put on even though we said no sanctions so i I think the marketplace is just unsure what's going to happen um hopefully it's not a major setback here as we kept thinking we were getting around the corner getting through this and want some good news and anytime there's just a little setback it sure makes us quite nervous and um some other things to kind of blame for sure the energy markets uh, as they continue to slide um makes everybody pretty nervous you know, when you start hearing ethanol plants closing and, uh, and jobs being lost, it's uh, it's very serious. So we get nervous when we start seeing, you know, triple-digit loss losses in some of those, uh, you know, energy markets, the crude oil and, and, and such like that. So just kind of makes for, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of a struggle in the future there. Um, the one good avenue today, you know, besides the exports and the sales, we do have a, a U.S. dollar that we've been watching pretty close that's breaking uh, almost near a full point now and starting to like that that's getting a little weaker and maybe that uh, that chart breakout to the downside could really help us there i think that'd be a, a nice little shot in the arm um if we could get that to continue to break for us for some export business when you talk about this export business i want to look at the corn for a second here because they were strong 1.97 million metric tons of old crop and uh, over half a million of the new crop. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it seems like, and, and we've kind of been in the camp, I guess, for quite some time that we've been at this low price for five years, and you can create some really excellent demand on uh, on a crop that's been at a low uh, low price for five years, and we believe that the demand is for real. And we have this first year where we start to tight, uh, cut into that ending stock number that this could be the year we could at least kind of break out of the sideways range that we've been in for so long. And um, so it, it has a chance. We, we certainly have the demand there. I, I think we really would have been rocking and rolling already if this energy stuff wouldn't have kind of slipped it uh, from behind and caught us off guard. But uh, I, I think that is the, the one main only thing that's holding us back right now because I, I think we're feeling pretty friendly on the demand and that we can uh, – we can really be at a higher level than this. We're just uh, continuing to struggle a little bit. So I, I still think we're in the attitude uh, of buying breaks, covering feed needs, and, and making sure we're protected more this year than we have been in years past. 
Well, Scott, since we're talking um, uh, corn right now, and you brought up uh, the energies again, ethanol margins have been continued to be poor. There's a lot of talk out there of of plants maybe going dark for a little bit, that they're going to have to do some layoffs, and God forbid, there's even talk about shutdowns out there. Yeah, absolutely. Something everybody's keeping a pretty close eye on, and and it uh, when you started to hear those uh, those margins going red and then getting deeper into the red, it, uh, it it really wasn't talked about as much. It was briefly discussed, and now suddenly it's getting pretty real. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's some trying times. So something we have to keep a pretty close eye on, and uh, and we need that business if we're going to try to keep this market going here a little bit. So. Um, yeah, hoping for the best on that one. You know, we haven't heard a lot of talk about the USMCA in the news as of late, but it sure was nice to see Mexico in there making more purchases of U.S. corn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is kind of one of the little shining stars out of there. We're seeing Mexico in there. I, I would agree completely. So, because we get kind of caught up looking for what's going on with this China news all the time, that it seems like uh, we kind of forget when something good happens with the other trade partners. So. Um, yeah, excellent to see them back to the table and, uh, and a big customer for sure. Head to the soybean side. South America has been focusing on some dry pockets in Brazil. Even some talk maybe even in different spots of Argentina with early harvest underway. Yeah, I mean, you start to see, see it seems like also when you look at South America, you can almost find the kind of weather that uh, they want with, with the, the sheer size of what it is. But uh, it seemed like they got in and got planted okay during planting season and everything was kind of okay. And, and now you do start to hear some blips. And uh, um, I, I don't know if it's going to be anything that we're going to say is uh, completely going to make that crop a disaster or anything like that. But uh certainly something to to kind of be aware of and continue to watch for moisture patterns down there they've got a you know pretty wide variety of different growing uh, seasons down there so um it's early enough in the season to where we can hear a lot of different wet or too dry news so it's, it's going to be early in the weather season for me to be really honed in on uh, uh i i guess saying that's going to maybe getting a little too dry during harvest yet but um certainly we're going to be looking at them completely since they're kind of the new um, big customer for China, I guess, and where our beans could be going to kind of replace the ones that they're selling off to them. So um, certainly could have a bigger factor this year than it has. So that makes me curious because, you know, in years past, we have heard more crop production information coming out of South America. And this year it's been very quiet. Is that just to keep us at bay because of the, the markets with China and South America wanting to take over those numbers? Well, they're they're certainly growing down there, and I I think the longer we let this deal happen, the better they're going to get at uh, servicing China and and getting crops out of that country. So um, they're certainly taking some leaps and bounds. Uh, We'd like to see a deal get done. So. So we can get back at it, but it, it's, it's it's different trying to get information from South America just because it's not. Folks, we've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're being jo- joined today by Scott Verilich. Scott is with Koyman Kamig out of Sioux Center, Iowa. As we look to the livestock side of the trade, uh, focus on this cattle market, some narrow trading ranges and some call them very narrow trading ranges that continue to be seen in these live cattle futures, Scott. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I and, and usually we kind of say, "Wow, it's you, you're not used to seeing that narrow trading range." And um, I won't complain about it because uh, we've seen enough of the other side at times to where um, yeah, that can be very gut wrenching. So, I mean, the news uh, up front here, we've got some you know pretty long term uh, friendly people, I guess, just with the the sheer demand that we've had and packer margins well into the green. Um, the wall of cattle we talked about all summer and all fall. Um, we went right through it. Uh, the, we we did an excellent job staying current. Weights came out today. Um, we are eight pounds below a year ago, pretty much. Feeling really good about that. So we are, we're current enough to where we can start to have a little bit of leverage with a packer that has that much margin. So even uh, just earlier today, you know, not really expecting an uptrade ahead of a cattle on free deport, but started to get some 190 earlier in the day today, even from some majors. So that's three higher, two to three higher from where where we were last week. So feeling really good about them uh, wanting to come out. Um, we do hear they've got, uh, there there could be a possibility they've got a lot of meat sold ahead and, and they are going to need some cattle. I keep hearing the story, you know, it's, uh, there's always rumors and that's that's uh, how our markets move is on a lot of rumors for sure. So um, hearing they've got a lot of meat sold in it, they're going to want to keep pumping, even though we have some shorter uh, shorter weeks here with the holidays. Um, so we expected cash to be maybe a little bit more on the struggle bus. But, uh, yeah, coming out of 190 today feels really good. And uh, I think we get to that last week of December. They're, they're still going to be really interested in some uh, some cash cattle going ahead. So that makes me uh, curious because obviously we've got about two weeks left in, in this trading year. Scott, can we keep this momentum going? Can we hope that we finish out 2018 on a higher note? I think so. And I, I think so. We, we certainly have, a, a, like I said, a growing number of people feeling pretty friendly. But myself, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, we can look to this uh, shorter term window out till spring and kind of say, hey, we've, we've got some more manageable numbers. Um, we've, we've got some possible weather coming around uh, after Christmas. Looks like there's some snow coming in. So keeping an eye on those, those, those storms. Um, I still think we can get cash cattle to the 130 level at some time. Um, probably after the first of the year towards spring, I, I really think there's some chances to hit that and maybe even eclipse that a little bit. So if we start to, you know, stay clean, with, I like seeing what these weights are doing. So I, I think we're going to have some nice leverage. I like the demand. Uh, I think we'll kind of keep going with that. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. You know, for the most part, we've had some decent weather. Haven't had a lot of talk out there about meat movement um, over that counter at the, at the local grocery stores. And holiday numbers won't come out till next year. But is there some optimism because we've had, for the most part, decent weather that we could see some uh, good procurement numbers out there? Yeah, I think there is. It, it seems like uh, that usually gets talked about more when the weather's bad. That nobody wants to go grill, you know, mm-hmm. and, and nobody wants to cook. But when it's when it's uh, you know pretty fair weather, it seems like we don't quite get that that boost. We always have to trade the negative news uh, a little bit harder. Which uh, yeah, just a typical cattle feeder me um, complaining about uh, not getting bullish news. But that's, <laughs> that's pretty typical. So um, we do feel pretty good about the demand um, overall. I think the one outlying factor would be the hog market, and I'm sure we'll touch on that here in a second. But um, just the, the fact that uh, our competition is is quite cheap um that that is does kind of raise your eyebrow just a little bit but um it, it's not something that's new it's been discounted to be for quite some time and they've almost uh distanced themselves on uh over the years i think uh 
even five years ago, they used to trade a lot more in correlation. When one was down, the other was down, and it almost feels like they have unhooked each other uh, from each other for a minute here, um, mainly because we have such a good economy news. I, I, I think that probably has a lot to do with it, is people are going to buy what they want um, rather than uh, having to be pinching the penny so much and really uh, calculating everything out in the grocery store. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Hogs because they have been on a struggle bus as of late and it would be nice to see them finish with some positive news in 2018. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's been in just that constant arm wrestle of, uh, okay, are we going to get a China deal? Are we going to get some good news to get some of the some business over there because of African swine fever or, um, or not? No deal and we're stuck with this very large supply of Hogs. We, we, we always kind of continue to come back to that cash trades well discount to where the futures are at and, and stays that way. Um, we have a lot of hogs. This is the time of year where we are kind of putting in lows rather than uh, than trying to rally. So it's, it, it could be a little typical for this cash to be, you know, low, but it's it's quite a bit lower than the futures and there's quite a bit of disagreement on, uh, on uh, between the futures and the cash, I guess, basically. What's the best way, Scott, for folks to get a hold of you guys at Coinman KMIC? Yeah, give us a phone call, 1-800-358-3047. And that's a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.